Welcome to the My Life is the Medicine podcast, where we get off the never-ending search for more and take an inward gaze to find how our lives have already taught us profound truths. Rather than turning outward to experts or gurus, we talk with ordinary people and reflect inwardly about the life journey and everything felt, thought, and experienced along the way. Join us in casual conversation and reflective dialogue to discover how simply living a normal life, reflecting on our own life experiences, has already given us all the expertise we need. Hosted by Chuck Hancock, an ordinary human who has lived life in many roles, like psychotherapist, software engineer, school teacher, orphan, adoptee, father, brother, mentor, coach, ceremonialist, and more. Chuck is a weaver of wisdom from modern day psychology to ancient wisdom of indigenous and European roots, creating alchemy from everyday modern American life. Thanks for joining us today in the second part of our conversation with our guest. If you missed the first part of the conversation, you might want to go back and listen to that one first, or at very least read the show notes so you know who it is that we're talking to. But I think that you'd be really well served to check out that first episode. So if you haven't heard that one yet, go back one episode and listen to the first part of the conversation to hear the foundation of where we're coming from, and then come back to this one to dive into the rest of our conversation, exploring how our guest's life has provided them with so much medicine for their own life and the rest of the people that share it with them. So don't miss the backstory. Go check that out and come back. We'll be here. And if you're ready, here we go. And that's where I've had real challenges Mm -hmm. in the therapist seat. I realized a few years after I became a psychotherapist and started running men's groups, oh, being in positions of power is really good for my wound Mm -hmm. because I'm the expert. Mm-hmm. No one will challenge me. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm so smart. And I'm like, oh shit, that, damn it. Okay. So now I have to show up differently. Right. Uh, and call myself out. And so one of the skills I'm developing is when my emotions do pop up in a situation where I might be the, the sort of identified guide mm-hmm. or coach or mentor or formerly psychotherapist, and I got charge, I speak to it immediately. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got some stuff here. I'm noticing I've got charge here. Mm. So I'm going to slow myself down so I don't kind of vomit any of it to you, on you, or as little as possible. Right. Because um, <clears throat> those can be real golden moments. There can be a lot of fodder there. And I've made some messes that I wasn't able to clean up Right in that place. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like we as guides... Um, but also, if I may be so bold, uh, extrapolate is that the word uh, that onto uh, you know all people like yeah. we we have to be really aware of our feelings, but not act out of our feelings. Yeah, like yeah, it, it, there's a both and there. Agreed. Um, <laughs> Again, back to dynamic tension. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's one of me who wants to tell you to fuck off right mm-hmm. now. That's I mean, valid. I'm pissed. <laughs> one of me is pissed. Yeah. but he's not running the show. Exactly. He's definitely got some of his water in my stream right now. So you're going to feel some extra heat from me. Right. <laughs> and I'm still in my seat. Of knowing when we've slipped out of the seat, as it were, and yeah. when we've sort of stepped back in mm-hmm. or fallen out of the chair completely, which I've definitely done, uh, which is very humbling. Um, and it's one of the things I've realized over the last, especially years, that my con card is fierce love. 
Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at in my sweet mm-hmm. spot. Is that I love you and I love you in a fierce way. Mm-hmm. Where I will not let you slip into character. I will not let you, especially with me, mm-hmm. let the characters run the show or the inmates run the prison. Mm. Is another way to put it. Might yep. be more understandable for folks that aren't hip to parts work. Um, <clears throat> which is its own edge. Because I don't like violence. And, and anything that has intensity has my nervous system that was grown up or grown, you know, just raised in violence, mm. freaks out. Mm. So it's really an alive edge for me. That's part of why this shift for me from therapist to guide is that I'm setting a clear context. So that's just more permissioned from the get-go. Right. That I might bring some heat. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm really aware and curious of this piece that you brought in here, Jeff, of like you said, it's really good for my nervous system and my wound to be in in the leadership seat, the position of power. And then now you're talking about yeah. violence. And mm-hmm. like, could you just you know, unpack that a little bit more so that we can mm-hmm. really understand like what this kernel and core is from your experience? Yeah. You're speaking about. Thanks, Chuck. Um, hmm. A large part of this has come from, again, back in the realm of devotion, my growing Hmm. devotion to a consistent relationship with my power. Mm -hmm. And again, kind of an ethical, it's an ethical endeavor. Because if I'm not in my power, I'm dangerous. Hmm. If I don't know my power, it can take over hmm. and it can harm. Wait, how are you dangerous if you're not in your power? Another great question, Chuck. <laughs> um, for those that don't know me, can't see me, I'm an imposing man. I'm 6'1", 200 and roughly 15 pounds, um, deep voice, big presence. And um, that alone confers a lot of power. Mm-hmm. I'm also a white dude, mm-hmm. largely cisgender, heterosexual American male. So there's a lot of power right there. Um, and James Baldwin said, being white means never having to think about it. Mm. And that's part of my, again, devotional practices. How am I with my power and my privilege? And I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of like social justice. And um, that's not. That's not what I'm trying to do, to be clear. Mm-hmm. That tends to be a rabbit hole and a, a loop I don't like. Um, for me, it's <clears throat> if I don't know my power, then it's laying in wait. It's mm-hmm. in the shadow, mm-hmm. and it's got power over me. Right. And it can hijack me, and it can do harm under the guise of righteousness. Yeah, exactly. Under the guise of, I'm the expert. Mm-hmm. You should shut up and listen to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there's some unworked shit in me speaking through me. I'll know shortly after, maybe even I'm getting better at knowing in the moment, but sometimes it, I don't know shortly after. You know, historically, I wouldn't know for months or years. Gosh, why does that person not like me? Why did that person stop talking to me? I'm such a nice guy. <laughs> because I'm not in relationship with my power, right. and my impact. Yeah. Is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to clarify, especially for anyone listening, because like a lot of men that I've worked with have come in uh, very 
soft and kind and empathetic yeah. and, and really disowning of power. And so when you say that you're dangerous when you're not in your power, I think that's a really important idea mm. for people to get. And yeah. and it could be dangerous to say, like, yes, I'm empowered as as a cis white man, largely cis white man. Yeah. Like there's there's a lot of people that would take offense to that. And but I think this is such an important topic that I, I really wanted to unpack it a little bit more. Yeah, I'm glad. And it's fascinating that people would take offense to me actually knowing more about myself. Isn't it? Yeah. Fascinating. Because it's not as if I'm over here wielding it over you. Right. I'm actually, I've worked really hard and continue to work hard to be in contact with my privilege and my power and my positionality. Mm-hmm. And, and part of this shift, again, for me, this genuinely titanic, like scaring the shit out of me shift is realizing I've been coasting in my kind of woke smallness. Mm. Like, oh, cool, I've, I've owned my power, I've owned my whiteness, my privilege, <laughs> I'm a therapist, I'm a good guy, mm. I'm on the right team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have clients that are non-binary, that are trans, that are you know in the LGBTQ community, I'm so good. Mm-hmm. And that's bullshit. Right. That was me coasting. Right. And so the real risk is being in the arena and i realized i'm i'm my powers is withering it's dying on the vine mm-hmm. and that was part of the the pain i was experiencing before mm-hmm. of being with the reality of, wow i don't want to go out like this mm-hmm. you know overweight drink a couple glasses of wine eating whatever the hell i want coming into work pretending to be something i'm not it's like the doctor that that you go to and it's this is more i'm dating myself but you know, like in the 70s and 80s and 90s maybe, where they're smoking a cigarette and they're 50 pounds overweight telling you need to go lose 30 pounds. Right. Like, what? <laughs> screw you, dude. I would take advice from you. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm changing doctors. Yeah. So. Well, apparently I don't. You're doing just fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, pal. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're living fat, bro. Literally. Uh, literally. Yeah. So yeah. really realizing on a deep embodied level that I am... Again, being unethical and being irresponsible Mm -hmm. with what has been conferred to me, Mm. what I was born into the world with. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't actually take the risk of using my voice and speaking a thing that I care about deeply and may get and probably will get critiqued and ridiculed and um, slammed or whatever it might be because I'm a man in in a privileged position. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, that's a risk I need to take. Right. In order to be more nourished, more fulfilled, more alive, mm-hmm. and more in service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, appreciate being willing to take that risk. Yeah, thanks. I'll need you as an accountability partner <laughs> because it's only going to heat up from here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course, man. <laughs> Great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, got you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you named the the power piece, and would you be willing to touch into the wound piece again? Like, like what drew? Like, cause there's this polarity, right? Of like you're you're working this edge and stepping more into it, but it, it also is is balanced out by this wound place that you said was getting fed by being in a position of power more mm-hmm. unconsciously before, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I appreciate you circling back, Chuck. Um, it's helpful to me too because so much of this is real time. Yeah. Like. And that's part of just quickly the empowerment piece is I think you get your impact. 
Mm-hmm. Every time we have a conversation, we're co-creating a conversation. Right. We're not just reporting about our lives and you report and I report. And um, Are you done reporting, Chuck? Because I'm ready to report. <laughs> it's not that. We have an alive, spontaneous, engaged, emergent conversation. Right. Um, obviously based on what we know and what we feel and thus far. Mm. <clears throat> so it's, it's lovely to be with you again and be reminded. And I want to name that, especially for people that are listening. Mm. That's part of why we interact with each other yeah to feel alive right and to be impacted to be surprised to be inspired to be challenged to be uncomfortable mm. um to be seen mm-hmm. and heard um so back to your question about the wound um I really resisted for a long time this idea that we had to be in a certain amount of pain before we made changes. Mostly I resisted people that I felt like were capitalizing on that. Um, and there's a, you know, speaking of industry, massive. The self-development industry is massive. Mm-hmm. Like books, courses, audiobooks, workshops, quote-unquote deep dives, a term I actually have some disdain for. Mm. Um, we're going to do a deep dive over these next 24 minutes, <laughs> get into the deepest material really <laughs> irresponsibly, and then stick you back in your life with zero integration. Yes. A mini rant over. <laughs> <That's a whole laughs> I'd love to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> and I also need to hold myself accountable. Like, okay, what does that look like? How do I help people integrate? How does right. that work? But, right. But, uh, yeah, the wound piece, um, There's a line in a Hozier song. Hozier's an Irish singer-songwriter. Uh, phenomenal songwriter. Beautiful voice. Skinny Irishman with a powerful voice. Mm. He has a, a line in one of his songs that says, um, never chain your demons. Mm. Always keep them on a leash. And what that means to me, it's been profound. Because chaining your demons, right, that's like, they're in the basement, they're out of sight, they're out of mind, they're in the dark, they're subterranean in the underworld, as far away from me or you as possible. Mm-hmm. And again, we don't have our eyes on them. Mm-hmm. So that makes them dangerous because they break those chains and they will. We all have those contexts where the chains get broken. Then they take over and they do real damage as opposed to having our, you know, a demon on a leash, mm-hmm. right? Short leash in my hand. I'm with every movement, every tug, every pull. I'm with it. Mm. And I can be in relationship with it as an adult. Right. With my eyes open and my eyes on those aspects of me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not even sure what I want to say about it in this moment. Um, I think, again, mostly just knowing what are my wounds. Mm-hmm. The more I know myself there, then the better I'm able to shepherd those aspects of self as the observer, as the adult, as the capital S self, as I'll often say. Right. Yeah. Right. So they're not the imps, like, you know, the gremlins flipping over all the couches and, you know, ripping the paintings off the wall and taking shits and smearing it everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm actually like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. I'm the adult here. You don't get to drive the bus. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm open to more questions there too because I feel like you're looking for a deeper cut. 
Well, I'm just sitting with it myself, and I'm, I'm relating and thinking about my own version of the story, too, that I think that you're pointing to, especially earlier in my career, I believed that I really needed uh, to be an expert and to really know how to help yeah. anybody with anything, or, or as the industry says, you know, like um, you find your niche and you're really focused, then you become an expert in that. Yeah. Um, but on, on the little mini rant that we started to go down to, maybe maybe I uh, range in too much there. That like maybe that's actually pointing to what part of that wound or that shadow is is when we when we feel really powerless. <laughs> um, it feels good to put ourselves in the position of leader or expert yeah. Yeah. Um, or whatever with without doing the process that I'm hearing you actually describe of like. Well, no, sometimes I feel really powerless and, and I'm going to be aware of that. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'm actually going to use my powerlessness for good so that mm -hmm. I don't become an abusive uh, asshole that's, that's abusing my power and privilege. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has me again back in the in the realm of humility. Yeah. Where I had a humbling experience with a client years ago who was referred by a colleague because he wanted to work his anger. With mm -hmm. a man, specifically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we saw each other off and on for a couple of years. And then when it came time for him, like he really marshaled energy and said, hey, Jeffrey, I want to work my anger. And mm. can we figure that out? He actually used his voice beautifully. Mm. And he, he's like, he even envisioned, can we go into the woods like for two hours and I can just smash some shit and, mm -hmm. and just rage and you can be there with me and support me. And I had to tell him no, because mm. I haven't worked my anger like that. Mm. So that again, responsible ethical piece of knowing I can't I can't go with you in that terrain because I wouldn't be leading you mm. Mm. or even shoulder to shoulder, mm. not mm. ethically, mm. because you're looking to me to be a certain thing and hold a certain space and 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 I'm not able to do that there. Mm. Again, a context that has too much charge. Mm -hmm. There's too much <clears throat> uh, unworked material. Mm -hmm. In that case, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I love that you were able to, you know, name your honesty and vulnerability around your own experience there. And what I heard and what you just started to say was like, even your voice kind of like got more energized as you were embodying your client of like, mm -hmm. "Hey, Jeffrey, I want to work my anger." You mm -hmm. know, I was like, "Great, looks like you are." <laughs> <laughs> You're pissed that we haven't done this yet, yeah. <laughs> right? And it was a really, it continues to be a really humbling thing because one of me feels like I. I let him on because I was unethical and saying yes in the first place. Oh, yeah. And again, with the refining who I am, what I do, what my wheelhouse is, and what it, what it isn't, mm. so that it's a better fit both directions. Mm. I'm not going to pretend to be someone I'm not, which I did for most of my, several years in my career, I was a one-size-fits-all therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll take anybody. Mm. Anybody. And there was some, well, I want to build my practice, and there was some hubris, Mm -hmm. And there was some truth. Like, I, I, I'm diverse. I got wide range, and I wanted to deepen and widen my range, which I did. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I was irresponsible along the way multiple times. Mm. So now, okay, great, I got more tools, and I realize it isn't so much about a, and I like that you mentioned this, the sort of, you know, the model. Find your niche and spe niche, specialize in that and, mm. you know, do your ebook and do your <laughs> free thing, and then then your funnel biznatch and, right. and offer a course and another course and a master course and 
Not that that's bad. Right. That can be just great. Yeah. Um, although I take issue with that as a model that's a one size fits all because I don't believe it is. No. Um, so yeah, I'm still with importantly, and not in a collapsed way, which is also vital. The humility, the mm-hmm. the real almost like it it's guilt for sure, and even a tinge of shame that I worked with that man for a couple of years, and I didn't address the one thing he came to me for, mm. just barely here and there. Mm. And in some ways, I I unconsciously again my demons were in the basement; they were right. chained right. with that client, and so I was steering him away from anger, steering him towards slowing down, steering him towards contemplation, steering him towards different ways of being so that I didn't have to confront my own fear around my anger, mm. which sucks. Mm-hmm. And again, valuable experience, but... Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and so I, I guess, and correct me if I'm inferring incorrectly here, but like maybe part of that wound that you were talking about is that is that you are a one powerful man, yeah. that it was you know, dangerous to own for either because you've hurt others or people were scared, intimidated by you or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thanks, man. That feels spot on. Um, I remember with my, one of my mentors, longtime mentors, I, uh, was talking to him about a client that flipped out on me. Mm. Older man, bigger than me. He was like six, four, probably two fifty. Um, and he would get, he had a TBI, and I ended up doing couples work with he and his wife, and he would get pissed off mm. at me. And uh, <clears throat> one session in particular, I was kind of steely calm. I was definitely activated. Mm-hmm. And all I did was lean forward in my chair, mm. and I said his name, and I looked him in the eyes, and I pointed to him. Mm. And that sent him through the roof. Oh, wow. Sent him through the roof. He stood up was yelling, and he stormed out of my office. Hmm. And I was mystified. And Hmm. when I took it to my mentor, he reflected back, Jeffrey, you are powerful. You Hmm. have a powerful presence. Hmm. When you lean forward with that power, it has an impact. Hmm. It's stayed with me ever since. Because I didn't, again, didn't know my power. Right. I was like, what the hell? All I did was lean forward, and I just was calm, and I was really... He's like, yeah, no, no, no. Hmm. No, you weren't. Uh-huh. I was like, damn, you're right. I was actually supercharged. Yeah. I was also pissed and holding it in as much as possible, mm. trying to hold my role. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's one memory that comes up of just not actually owning or knowing my power, which right. makes me dangerous. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful story because it also reminds me of that phrase, you know, uh, we want power with, not power over. And like just leaning forward yeah. in your chair, that small little movement crossed the line to power over. It did. Which caused him yeah. to try to have power over. Well said, um. man. I don't think anybody's ever called it that. And I think you're right. That, uh, and it, what a fascinating world, the world of power. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, a little dangerous. Another recent example with a couple, um, right? Just you know, the the male partner was basically throwing a fit, and uh, I imagine the people in the room would say that I was some version of shouting at him, but it was really intense, 
raised voice. Just frustration. Mm. You have power in this relationship and you need to start owning mm. your power in mm-hmm. this relationship. And then he whoosh, collapsed, mm. went away. And I was immediately heartbroken. My charge went away. I was heartbroken because that was not my point. Mm-hmm. Right? Again, lack of skillfulness. Right. Taking the risk. I, I give myself credit for that. It was edgy for sure. And it didn't serve. I mean, who knows? Maybe it did long term. But in the moment, it didn't seem to serve. If anything, it shut it down. Mm-hmm. So, And I know I think we're loosely still circling around wound. And I'll go back to, you know, when I was a kid, I just I wanted to be anything but the mean, scary, intimidating, volatile figure that my dad was. Mm. And so I shoved everything angry, everything cranky, grouchy, uh, unpredictable down. Mm -hmm. I made myself solid, steady, funny, nice. Mm. That's what I was. Those were my modes. Mm. And again, wildly dangerous because I have a huge blind spot huge blind spot that contained passion and excitement and arousal and longing and depth and and rage mm-hmm. so mm. yeah 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 and vitality life vitality force, exactly right? <laughs> like oh my life force no wonder i was miserable for periods of time because i was oh all this life force wants to move i'm like no 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 no, no. we're good i don't need you I don't need you. Yeah. I am 64% of your life force. No, 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 I'm good. <laughs> I'll soldier on. I'll have more caffeine and more wine. That is great. <laughs> totally. I'll, I'll go for artificial stimulation on a you know pulsating blue light screen. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a great point, Chuck. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> we're back for me in the, the edgy terrain of being alive if we're letting ourselves be fully alive or as fully right. as we can plus right. a little. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, just to, to riff off that a little bit more, that like, I, you know, people in general, but men, since you and I are both male-bodied people, mm-hmm. um, I, but but yeah, people in general like want to like stuff away the rage because it's so not nice. Yeah, it's because it's so destructive and so hurtful, and and we actually want to have relationships, most of us, and we're like, if right. I let any of this, if I own any of my rage, it's gonna nuke everything that I care about yeah. in my life. Um, and yet, like, to to not cut off from that life force. And again, mm-hmm. I'm not saying to act out on anybody with rage. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is harmful. But you can't cut yourself off from the fact that you do feel rage yeah. um, because you don't want to hurt people or because you've been hurt by your dad or people in the past. Yeah. 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 I'm right there with you. Mm. Yesterday I had a, and this is, again, where I'm learning so much about how to move things and, and skills I already have and employing them on a regular basis. I had an interaction with my uh, my woman and didn't know it at the time, but later on it really rankled me. Hmm. I didn't know why. And uh, fortunately, it was a beautiful sunny day. I was home alone afterwards, and I uh, I really pat myself on the back for this because I'm getting smarter um, I split a really green piece of <laughs> fur with my mall and just grunting and screaming every time the mall came down mm. and then I literally like used tools to take my wheels and tires off my studs to put other tires on and just got physical 
Mm. I just got physical. Mm -hmm. And it was so helpful. And then did some writing. And it was classic at some point. I'm sure you know this. When we're a little pissed or frustrated or angry, well, our faculties are reduced. Mm. So I'm in my construction trailer where my tools are, and I hit my head on the door, which is shorter than me. And (laughs) God, it was great because I cursed and shouted and I slammed the trailer multiple times and I realized it wouldn't hurt it too bad if I did so just, ah! <laughs> and it was so satisfying and I got you know as we often do I got shit for that when I was in my teens and 20s right that's yeah. really scary mm-hmm. I'm like well, fuck you I'm not doing it at you I'm, a, I'm in the I'm a hundred yards away from you taking care of myself right you know I busted my knuckle while I was wrenching on a car and I screamed at the top of my lungs mm-hmm. I'm doing that for me mm-hmm. so I can move some of this energy mm-hmm. and I felt so much better both then and yesterday yeah. of okay let this move and finding productive generative hopefully not harmful but, but certainly disturbing mm-hmm. like we're in a culture that if I hear somebody screaming I'm getting better at this because of my work with expressive therapies over the years both as a client and as a therapist but mostly we're understandably on alert when we hear a blood-curdling scream mm-hmm. or when we hear a, a really nasty, loud fight between two people um, or an altercation of any kind. Understandably, it's our nervous system doing its job. And can we stay relational and curious and, and slow down and listen? Oh, that's just a person working it out. Okay. Yeah. No need to call 911. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes, sure. Mm-hmm. But again, let's use our capacities. Right. Let's step off my soapbox there. Oh, I love it. I love the stories, both from the past and uh, maybe another wound uh, from your teenage years that you kind of brought in there mm-hmm. that, that I can relate to, too. I remember one time, uh, uh, well, related to a woman, actually, a <laughs> high school girlfriend or something. I don't even remember. Maybe she was talking to a boy or something I yeah. didn't like or uh-huh. something like that. It was probably likely. And I got so pissed, and I put a hole in the drywall. And <laughs> <laughs> My dad yelled at me and just like totally yeah. like raged on me and then shamed me and then uh, you know, I learned how to fix drywall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But again, it's kind of brutal. Like uh, for me, uh, obviously you've you've incorporated and inter- integrated it in some way. Uh-huh. Like it's part of you. Yeah. And uh, I'm devoted to making those learning moments all directions. Yeah. Like 360. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that's intense. Seems mm-hmm. like something's cooking. I'm curious what's happening for you. Mm-hmm. They would have you punch a hole in the wall. Right. Like, let's talk about it. Right. And why your anger is important. Right. And punching holes in walls is a drag because now you got to repair it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're both in. Like, the reality, yeah. not, not glossing over it like it's no big deal and just saying, way to go, Chuck. You really expressed your anger. Totally. And you're living with holes in your wall. Right. Um, but yeah, being devoted to what's, what's a generative way forward that doesn't shame one component that's actually essential. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, is that would be a healthy way of honoring the feeling and, and, and yeah. eventually bringing on more of the cortex to make a choice before punching a hole in the wall, but not shaming the anger. Yeah, the yeah, anger yeah. Totally valid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm remembering, too, that when I would do things like that, short bursts of anger, and people would say that they were scary, that used to piss me off even more mm-hmm. because I was like, you have no idea what scary is. Mm-hmm. You weren't five years old, ten years old with my dad. Yeah, you have no idea what scary is. I would be so hurt and pissed and feel missed because mm-hmm. I'm like I screamed fuck at nobody, right? Because I hurt my knuckles. That scares you. 
you don't want to be scared then. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to know what scary is. Mm. And so I still have charge there about working that piece. Speaking of wound of, oof. Yeah. I got, I got some investigation to do there. Mm-hmm. Cause there's still one of me that, and I've known this for years. I, <clears throat> I never wanted to be the volatile, um, no reason violence guy. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what I felt like my dad often did. It was, I never understood. Well, not never. I, I often didn't understand why he was so angry and what it was I did to deserve the anger. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it made sense. Like I did X and therefore, right. Correlation, causation, that whole thing. Um, Yeah, and this is a sign. I'm I'm drawing a blank, and this terrain is still really alive and and active for mm. me in this way of I got I got blind spots. Mm. It's like holes mm. in the film, you know, where oh a couple frames got dropped. Now I it, it takes me a minute to get the context back. Right. Um, which again feels like a really important real time. Let's this is where I'm at. Right. I'm pretend that I actually know what the hell I'm talking about now because I my nervous system got trained and its defensive schemas right. to block that shit out. Totally. Don't touch it. Don't talk about it. It's dangerous to do it. Yeah. Well, and this is like where I could I can stitch back in two themes that we've really been circling today, empowerment and, you know, being able to connect with the shadow or the demons, the wounds, whatever yeah. language we want to put to them. Because, because that's really what empowerment is about. You know, like the more you work these pieces and the more that you can maintain your center and your seat in the face of anger, your own or somebody else's, um, that's real empowerment, you know, really makes me think of like, you know, why I started training in martial arts a few years ago. Like I used Mm -hmm. to be terrified of people and, and and now I've, I've been hit enough times. (laughs) Okay. I don't have to be so scared to get beaten up. Yeah. It hurts for a little while, but exactly. Yeah, you're okay. Yeah, um, but and I also gained skill and experience. Like you know, it, I both got wounded and I gained more skill by being yeah. in that arena. Um, and I think that the same thing happens relationally or with our emotions and our wounds that we've been talking about today. Yeah, I'm so grateful to hear that, Chuck, and inspired. I, I've dabbled in martial arts, and again, have largely been too afraid of my anger mm. to do it. Mm-hmm. because I've lost my shit a couple of times in my life and blacked out and mm-hmm. um, was really terrified to actually hurt someone. Yeah. And uh, I keep circling around martial arts in particular. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, it's a big circle. I, yeah. haven't, I haven't circled in too closely. Yeah. Although Aikido, uh, I think, is the one that has spoken to me more than any because it's that very different kind of martial art. Totally. Well, yeah, I mean, you just brought up another memory, too. Like, one of the wounding experiences for me was actually being too powerful when I was a kid. Mm. That I had a friend that was into karate or whatever it was, and he had all the sparring gear, and I went over to his house, and I think it was like fifth grade or something like that, and and he wanted to spar. And, and yeah, he hit me one time, and then my anger kicked in, and then I just wailed on him and and literally made him cry and i was like oh my god i hurt my friend with my power i'm never gonna do that again um but eventually uh, you know i think that was part of the reason why i got back into martial arts because i had to like work that out i had to like no i don't want to disown my power i also don't want to be too powerful where i hurt somebody like um yeah Hmm. really love that we've been talking about anger and power today it's rich it's good it is rich 
uh, uh, again, to your point, it's vitality. Yeah. When it's worked with. Right. And it's a blowtorch. It's a destructive force when it takes over. Yeah. 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 And following your rule of three, Jeffrey, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this this image that you brought in earlier of, of sitting by Boulder Creek and being with the water, mm-hmm. like there's something about the water um, and the stone and, and being uh, slowly eroded with, with the force of the water that like mm-hmm. it, it keeps popping into my mind probably mm-hmm. five or six times now <laughs> in our wow. conversation today as we've yeah. been talking about power and anger and mm-hmm. so i just want to name that and give voice and invite if there's if there's anything that that image um connects with uh, right now as we're kind of wrapping up and summarizing <laughs> our conversation yeah, the first thing that came up chuck was walking into a river and just smashing rocks down mm. this is the first thing that came up yeah part of why i'm designing my life the way I'm designing it. it. Yesterday, case in point, I'm far enough away from neighbors and I've got this loud creak that I screamed bloody murder and no one had to hear. I'm super sensitive. So if I feel like I'm impacting someone, then it, it, it clips my experience. Mm. And I don't get to kind of full tilt, let it rip. Right. And, 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 and harvest the goodness that comes after letting it rip. Mm. Where nobody died, nobody gave me shit, nobody got uncomfortable. Um, so I'm, I'm more inspired to continue my practices around moving big energy. Yeah. So that I am more, I have more facility. I am more skillful. I am more conversant with my own wound and my own shit and my blind spots. I mean, obviously we need help with blind spots, but, but like I said, I, I know what I don't know, which is a powerful place to be. Mm. I mean, there's lots I don't know that I don't know. But in, in, the, in the realm of anger and rage and wound around it, I know a lot of what I don't know, which is a really important place. Yeah. So that at the very least, I can say, I need to, I need to sit this one out. Hmm. You're going to have a conversation about X. I will not be able to hold my shit together. Hmm. Or I'm happy to converse if there's some tending and some holding and we can pause. Hmm. You know, the, setting the context for what the engagement is, which I think... I'm such a proponent of front loading already anyway. Mm. Like, are we going to talk about, you know, sports or the weather? Or are we going to talk about your in-laws or our marriage? Like what, what's on the menu? Right. It's on the docket. Um, yeah. In addition to that, man, it's just a beautiful place of home. The yeah. Creek river, water, stones, um, where I sit almost every morning, I look out, onto the canyon and these walls and I I greet every morning I greet the stones and mm. I greet the lichen and I greet the trees and I greet the sky and mm. the creek and it's a powerful practice just yeah. the steadiness of stone the steadiness of evergreen trees con- conifers um, the steadiness of life mm. that's just the place I return to multiple times a day mm beautiful and, and you're engaging in relationship with those stones and the trees and exactly the, the more the human world yeah i'm getting nourishment i'm getting fed i'm i'm, I'm making friends yeah i don't need to rely on one or two or three people for all of my needs mm-hmm. or be completely self-reliant mm-hmm. which as you know is maybe the most dangerous thing right yeah yeah 
Yeah. Well, and well, you started talking about that too, like really trusting the creek and nature to really hold your anger too. Like yeah. it, it's not going to reject you. It's not going to be scared or intimidated by you. No. Yeah. It can hold it all. Yeah. And you'll still be friends. You'll still go show up the next morning and, <laughs> They're and right greet there. them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Robert Bly talked about that. I remember being on a climbing trip and I know I got to wrap up, but with a dear friend of mine um, out in Nevada and uh, he'd led some climb and I was working this problem, you know, and we're hanging from, I don't even know how high. And I kept peeling off and, and, and not being able to make this move. And you've climbed before, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, like the long, the, the, the more tries at a climb or a move or a crux, the harder it gets. Right. Because it's all sorts of energy and exhaustion. Right. And I was so pissed. And I just was screaming at this climb and this crux and this move and the rock. And, and Eli, my friend, was like, that's good, Jeffrey. The rock can take it all. That's what Robert Bly says. Good mm. job. And it was so transformative. It was like, oh, my God. What? That's amazing. Uh-huh. And then, of course, wilderness work that you and I have done together. Yeah. Um, yeah, Larry, one of uh-huh. our, our, our guys, one of my mentors. A lot of big rocks out there waiting to be turned into small rocks. That <laughs> <Rough> phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still I just cherish, man. I know. And I definitely try to employ it as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That he says with all the love and compassion of, of an elder. <laughs> totally. It's like, yeah, man, get out and bust yeah. your rocks. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There's plenty of them out there. There, there are plenty. No sh- there's no shortage. Yeah. And they're good, like you said. They're not going to be pissed at you in the morning. Right. Or ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, anything else you want to say in closing, or shall we wrap this up? Mm. I'll say thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate the conversation. Sweetness, richness. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks, man. I really appreciate you as well, your willingness to... Not just show up for me as a friend and brother over the years, but to mm-hmm. sit down and, and record it to share some of the sweetness of mm-hmm. our relationship and our shared explorations of life. And I, mm-hmm. once again, I feel really blessed and grateful that we got to chat today and, and I'm even more grateful that we're going to get to share it with some other people. And hopefully yeah. the, our talk about anger and power and, and, and life and relationship will be helpful for someone out there. So Yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah, well, till yeah. next time. All right, brother. All right, see you, Jeffrey. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to My Life is the Medicine. We hope our guest story this week has inspired you to look closer at your own life. Maybe you heard some of your own story and their story through many of these experiences are common, ordinary experiences. And maybe something about their story was unique, which also might have inspired you to think about how your life, too, is unique. Either way, we hope our story today has helped you to see that your life, too, is the medicine. If you'd like to consider diving deeper into your own story and sharing your story with others, we hope you might consider joining us on a future episode. And if not, that's okay too. We hope you'll continue listening, keep reflecting, and help you see how your life too is the medicine. Take good care, and we'll see you next time.